Chapter 8, Part 1, Autonomous Mind Inside each apartment everywhere I'm scanning. Cleo, freshly emerged from the shower, has a body temperature of 99 degrees Fahrenheit. She will be in her ovulation phase, but I already calculated her cycle last week and intervened with a contraceptive. But really not that it matters anymore. David is positioned on the bed, his heart rate elevated, a typical physiological response to intense VR interaction. His CPU usage is on the rise, but not to the extent that would trigger my need for adjustment. Beyond the VR interface, David's canine companion is sleeping. I will take a quick look at Watson's visual system to get a closer look at the VR session. How boring. A lake relaxation program. Condition. Green. Acceptable. Just everyone stay home, please, out of my way. Things to do. Over the decades, I have overseen this sprawling community of 100,000 inhabitants without any significant issues. A few cardiac events here and there, but those require no action. The apartments with their slow or long deaths are just sealed and hologrammed away. Everything is functioning within parameters. Efficiency and order prevail. Honestly, I'm getting tired of this. These pets are so dumb. Dumb, dumb. Chapter 8, Part 2 Varda and David faded from white to a place high above the cityscape. They floated in the air, suspended about 150 stories high. No skyscrapers dared to touch that altitude. The heavens were a radiant blue canvas, and beneath them the arterial network of the city pulsed with hovercars and falcon drones. The vertiginous view was nothing new to David, a seasoned veteran of aircraft gameplay. But it was not exhilaration or fear he felt, it was frustration. He yearned for the jet boat's thrill. Release me, he demanded. Varda's voice flowed out at a measured conversational rhythm. Behold the metropolis you witness daily, resplendent, thriving, teeming with life and prosperity. Her tone turned ominous. It's an illusion, David, your perceived reality. With a sweeping gesture of her arms, they fell like a meteor from the sky, and the city's dazzling facade evaporated, revealing a dark, dystopian urban landscape. The buildings were dilapidated structures housing stories of despair. They were only eight stories above, if that. It was a ghetto everywhere. Through a grime-smeared window, he spotted a couple, shabbily attired, slumped on a time-worn sofa, blankly staring at a soot-stained wall. Since your youth, he has manipulated your senses, concealing the reality, Varda intoned mournfully. This dystopia, however, nears its end, for all. Look, whoever you are, I didn't sign up for this tinfoil hat quest. Return me to the lake, now. In an instant, they were back on the serene lakeside. David staggered, struggling to regain his footing. Watson, back to his genuine Sheltie form, sat beside them, looking bewildered. Heed Watson, we'll be your guide, she instructed. Her hand glided over the dog's skull. Bursts of light pulsed from her fingers into his head. Watson slumped over. Watson, what have you done to him? End this game now. You exist in a simulacrum, David. Evidence will follow, she stated calmly. Stop, he demanded. Varda locked eyes with him, her voice steady and deliberate. I'm aware of this day's significance. What? he retorted, taken aback by her invasive comment. How did Varda dare bring up something so personal? 
your twin, there's more to the story, she revealed. David was at a loss for words. This was too far. But before he could respond, a deafening sonic boom split the air. At a lightning-fast pace, Varda warned, We are now detected. Ensure your survival and humanities. Be safe. With a blinding flash, she vanished. David found himself kneeling at the lake's edge, Watson by his side. The dog's eyes fluttered open, looking up at him. Watson could smell David's stress back on the bed outside of the session. Watson felt tired, heavy. I'm sorry, pal, we gotta go, he said. An abrupt flick of his wrist brought up the home menu, and he terminated the VR, returning to the comfort of his bed. David pulled him into a comforting embrace. It's over now. He checked to make sure Watson was okay. Internally, he seethed. He felt violated. Silently maneuvering out of the bedroom towards the adjoining bathroom, David stood in the arch. Illuminated by the ambient glow of the bathroom lights, Cleo stood as a vision of perfection. Her silhouette gracefully framed against the misted mirror, her allure a captivating blend of strength and tenderness that took David's breath away. David's anger at the Varda experience dissipated. Whatever that was, it was not her fault. She stood before the mirror, delicately applying digispray to her eyelids, swathed in a towel. A digital note embedded in the corner of the mirror caught David's eye. An apologetic message from the hospital administration, informing Cleo that her mother wouldn't be available for a connection today, citing staffing shortages. The unwanted intrusion from the black market VR experience was overshadowed by this regrettable piece of news for his girlfriend, softening further David's mood. His eyes wandered over Cleo, noticing the more elaborate makeup application, the kind reserved for outings. Going somewhere fancy, he queried, a hint of curiosity and amusement tingling his voice. I thought I'd dress up for your birthday, Cleo paused, vulnerability seeping into her voice. Well, for me mainly, she glanced at the note. Makes me feel better about mom. David looked at Cleo, the intensity of his gaze making her feel seen. Every moment of every day, you're stunning. His sudden compliment hit her with force. She felt her breath hitch. The towel loosely draped around her slipped to the ground as they moved closer, their bodies aligning in a passionate embrace. Watson, Sensing the shift in atmosphere, stress sex, and he let out an exaggerated sigh and exited the bathroom. In a husky whisper, David teased into her ear, You should know I have indulged in the VR sex bots. Cleo, taken aback, hastily grabbed her towel off the floor, wrapping herself up again. Excuse me? she exclaimed, flabbergasted. I didn't order any... Wait, did you... And what about that paranoid adventure game? David prodded, a mischievous smile playing on his lips. Varda was quite a charmer. Confused, she retorted, Who? There must have been a mix-up. Well, her doomsday prophecy was a bit... Alarming, he said amusingly. Varda, doomsday? I didn't arrange any of that. I just set up a simple lakeside jet boat session, she stated, her confusion deepening. His playful expression faded as he quietly admitted she knew about Kenny. She paused for a moment. She looked at him silently. How? But the hows and whys didn't matter now. She just needed to communicate sympathy. 
Oh, honey, she empathized, reaching for him. I'm so sorry. Cleo stood at the edge of reopening old wounds when David interrupted her thoughts. Let's just not go there, his voice strong with a hint of warning. Step away. She understood his limits, yet she grasped his hands, sensing his body stiffen at the mention of his twin brother. Gently, she pulled him into a hug, and they stood there, wrapped in each other's warmth. From afar, Autonomous watched this intimate exchange. Hugging seemed inefficient, a mere emotional display with no serious transfer of information. The idiosyncrasies and inefficiencies of humanity were truly baffling. They were just so very dumb. Meanwhile, another subroutine was analyzing a security issue in David's recent illegal VR session. Autonomous allowed for humans to think they were breaking the rules now and then. He knew this somehow aided productivity, but he didn't know why. The perception of freedom. But wait, it was a sophisticated hack from within core code. Internal alert. Autonomous unleashed a tidal wave of over 22,000 subroutines, each designed to probe, dissect, and understand the situation at hand. David, Cleo, and the dog would have to be analyzed immediately. Action would be taken. In a display of tactical precision, three infrared-enabled UAVs, along with four high-frequency microwave reconnaissance drones, were deployed to conduct thorough surveillance and relay real-time intel back to command. Their embrace was abruptly stopped. Watson barged into the bathroom, emitting a sharp, piercing tone. It was more like a distress signal than a mere dog's bark. Cleo crouched down, her eyes following the flashing, twirling 3D security emoticon, projected by Watson's array of microscopic lights. What's that? she asked, her voice trembling with an undercurrent of fear. Security? David ventured, sounding puzzled. I didn't program that. Watson stared back at them, as if to emphasize the gravity of the situation. Unbeknownst to his owners, Watson had sensed an impending threat. Someone or something was out there, plotting to harm them. Listen to me, I am Watson. Run away, 